Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. O Lord my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise, and from afar thou art discerning my thoughts and hopes, my secret yearning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with you this morning, this Easter Monday morning, which we celebrate with great joy all this week, the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ which would resound in our hearts, our minds, and our souls, is antiphon. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. What better way to rejoice than to turn to Mary? Mary who suffered much at the foot of the cross, the stop at Mater. She saw her son give up his life, shedding his precious blood for our salvation. But then Mary experienced the great joy that came from the risen Lord Jesus. So, as always, we'd like to invite Mary to be with us, to pray with us, to pray for us, and to accompany us in our Perseverance Family Conversation. So let's uh, let's start off by praying the prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, Amen. Now, my friends, let's invite our spiritual director to be with us. 
What a great grace it is to have as our spiritual director, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God himself, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. There are many titles for the Holy Spirit, among which would be the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. The Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. Holy Spirit is also known as the interior master. In the words of the great apostle St. Paul, he goes on to say that we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's uh, lift up our minds, our hearts to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace and an overflowing joy as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Angels and Saints, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, Pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Faustina, Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So I wish all of you a very happy Easter and a very happy Easter week. And to encourage you all the more, as always, I will be praying for you in my Masses today. Thanks be to God, I've got two Masses at 12 noon and 6 p.m. And I'd like to place you on the altar. By far the greatest prayer in the whole world is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Nothing can be compared to the holy sacrifice of the Mass in which heaven unites with earth. 
And that bridge of union is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So, I would encourage you by reminding you that I'll place you and your intentions on the altar in the Mass. My first intention will be the following, that on this day and these eight days, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ for these eight days, that you will experience the fruit of the exercises that St. Ignatius says we should be begging for. We should be begging for intensissimo gozo. That's Spanish for not only joy, but in most intense joy. The comparison I gave the other day in Mass was women have those thimble that they use when they're doing their when they're doing their threading. It's just a small little instrument that they put on their finger. You can only get a few drops of water in it. We don't want to be begging for that amount of joy, but rather the ocean. Imagine you're walking along the shore of the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean. That's the amount of joy we want to be begging for. Immense, enormous, almost infinite downpouring of, of joy into our hearts that we'll be able to share with others. Thomas Aquinas says it's very difficult to make it to heaven without joy. Without joy. So we want to be begging the Lord that he'll give us joy. And we know that where does joy come from? St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians. Philippians 4.4 Rejoice in the Lord, I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. So our our joy is found in our relationship to the Lord. This is the day the Lord has given us. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And of course, Mary, who is with us right now, Mary is guiding and directing our conversation this morning when she proclaimed the Magnificat. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So Mary highlights the fact that our joy will come in union with God our Savior. My second intention will be I'd like to pray for your families. Many children and teenagers have this uh, this week off, this Easter week they off. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if you as parents could come to Mass during this week? And not only come to Mass, but also to bring your children so that they can encounter Christ, have this encounter with Christ in the church, in the sacraments. And I'd like to place on the altar your, your children, maybe your adult children who have walked away from the church. They decide that they no longer feel that God is important in their lives. They're living their lives independent from God.
Yesterday after Mass, I was talking with a young man who's not very strong in his faith, and he felt he was being attacked by various bad spirits, and I said, well, he's got to come, he's got to pray more. He's got to get involved in, in RCIA, he's just baptized. Only God can real, only God can really give us true joy. His girlfriend was saying, we, Father, he doesn't really practice his faith. Well, now is the day. Easter is the day we can come to church and start to practice our faith. Then, I'd like to pray once again for the situation in the world, especially the situation in the Ukraine, that there would be peace. That there would be peace. That remembering what, jo- what uh, Pope Francis had done, Pope Francis made this consecration of Russia as well as Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We want to be begging that this consecration will take effect in the people in those war-torn countries. So let's continue to pray for world peace. Fulton Sheen, as well as Our Lady Fatima, go on to point out that world wars come from many small wars within us. When we're not at peace with our own souls, and what happens is that that overflows into our family, then into our community, then into our state, into our country, into the continent. And boom, the bomb drops. The bomb drops. And there's, there's a war. So let's pray for world peace. My friends, before getting into the readings for the Mass and We'll be going through the Acts of the Apostles. We'll be going through the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, where we have St. Peter's Pentecost discourse. And then we have the Psalm 16, and the antiphon is, Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Or it can be Alleluia. Then the gospel is taken from St. Matthew, the last chapter, chapter 28, 8 to 15, where we see Mary Magdalene and the other many who went quickly to the tomb. So those are readings today. And just that you're aware of this, that during the whole course, during the whole course, of this Easter season, we'll be reading through the Acts of the Apostles. In the month of May, I also will be giving in three different parishes, in St. John the Baptist and Baldwin Park, 
and St. Therese and St. Peter shall be giving a mini-course of the Acts of the Apostles. So I invite all of you to participate in that. That will be, that will be Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays of May. I'll be giving a talk in those three respective parishes on the Acts of the Apostles. And I really invite all of you to come, either to come physically or you can come online. We'll be trying to transmit this in various ways, as we did during the course of the 10-week spiritual exercises program. There's a lot of kind of announcements I'd like to make. I'd like to also to ask for your prayers. And this can be part of your intention. I'd like to ask for your prayers for another special grace. Is I'm I'm trying to give the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius Loyola as often as possible. So I invite you to become more and more involved, engaged in the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius Loyola. And I just finished. A course, 10-week course. We still have one more meeting in Spanish on Tuesday of the spiritual exercises course where in person we had 800 to to, to 1,000 people showing up in, in, in three different parishes, 400 in one, 400 in another, the other about 200, a little bit less in another, in which we have huge numbers as well as a lot of people online. So, as you know, who have done this spiritual exercise with me, if you do the spiritual exercises, it works, right? You do the spiritual exercises well, it works in transforming lives. Many people will come to me and they'll say to me, Father, ever since I did the spiritual exercises, principle and foundation, I made my general confession, I have some type of spiritual direction, my life is radically transformed. I'm not, I'm not the same person. God has really worked miracles in me. So being aware of this, I'm trying to, I'm trying to branch out and give this program as far and wide as possible. So I'm giving it in person, but also I'm giving it online. And that brings me to my point. Some of you are probably aware some of you are probably aware that over the past few years, I've been working with uh, the Couples for Christ, which is a wonderful, wonderful group, started in the Philippines uh, a few years back, spreading throughout the whole world. And the purpose is to basically form good, solid Christian families where you put Christ in the, in the center for the purpose of blessing families and children. So I've been working with Toffee Jetarain over the past few years. He's the head of the Couples for Christ in the United States, Canada, as well as in the Americas. And last year I gave the 10-week program and a consecration to Mary. Now he's invited me to the United States. Now he's invited me to give the spiritual exercises to their to their presence in Canada, all of Canada. So starting this Saturday, 
online on Facebook and YouTube. For the next 10 Saturdays, my talk will be on the spiritual exercises. So, if you if you like if you'd like also to join me, I'll be giving the spiritual exercises on Saturday. And it'll be the same time, same channel as 7.30. So I'll be doing it starting next Saturday all the way for the next 10 weeks. So I've already had, uh, Toffee said already 1,200 people have signed up for that. And he's going to, he's going to Canada this week to try to promote it. I was able to make a trailer to try to promote it all the more, but we have big numbers of people that are doing the exercises. So thanks be to God. And thanks thanks for your prayers. So if you could pray for the blessing and success of that, I would really appreciate your prayers because I pray for you, but you have to pray for me too. One of the greatest graces I, I have is... Uh, when they celebrated my 25th anniversary to the priesthood, which which will be almost 11 years ago, how time flies. I got many gifts, but one of the best gifts I had received was a little piece of paper. little piece of paper. And the note said, for your 25 years, I have offered 25 masses. Love, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mom. Thank you very, very much. Thanks. I really, really appreciate that. So, thank you very much for your prayers also. So, I thought I would just uh, give you a heads up on that. It'll be this Saturday. This Saturday, also, a little bit later in the day, we'll, we'll have a, we're going to have a Divine Mercy retreat in the morning in English, and then in the Evening, we'll have it. In the afternoon, we'll have it in Spanish. So, there's a lot of things on the there's a lot of things on the on the back burner. Or we're going to bring them to the front burner. All right. That be that being the case, I'd like to talk then also about where we are, where we are liturgically, and where we are with respect to this whole concept of divine mercy. Okay, where we are liturgically. Last week was Holy Week. In the heart of Holy Week, as I mentioned yesterday, is the Easter Triduum. Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. Holy Thursday, we focus upon the Last Supper, the Eucharist and the Priesthood. Good Friday, we focus upon the Cross and the shedding of the blood of Christ and the seven last words of Christ from the Cross. Holy Saturday was La Soledad de Maria, where we accompanied Mary by trying to call to mind the passion of Christ, relive the passion of Christ through the eyes and the heart of the sorrowful mother. Then that same night, Holy Saturday, which is also the Easter Vigil Mass, and during our Ignatian Forum today with Father Craig and Mary Martirana, we'll be talking about the whole symbolism, rich symbols that we have 
in the Easter in the Easter Vigil Mass. The rich symbolism that we have in the Easter Vigil Mass. So that is what we celebrated and yesterday we celebrated Easter. The Easter Vigil Mass was the entrance into Easter. Yesterday we celebrate Easter. And just that you're aware of this, of all the liturgical celebrations that we're celebrating during the course of the year, Easter is the greatest. Easter is known as the Solemnity of Solemnities. It is the greatest. So that being the case, given that it's the, it's the greatest, try to imagine this. When you when you got married, many of you got married. Say you got married on on Saturday. We usually do most of our weddings on Saturday. Say you got married at Saturday at 12 noon. Okay, would you go back to work at 5 o'clock Saturday evening right after your wedding? Of course not. You're going to have a banquet. You're going to have a... A wonderful meal, you'll have your music, you have the dancing, you have the cake, you'll have the gifts, you have all that. And that will extend, your honeymoon will, will, will extend probably about a week. When I was ordained to the priesthood, I was ordained, then my parents came, relatives came, and we were celebrating my, my priesthood for, for several days. So, in a parallel sense, in a parallel sense, In a parallel sense, we we can say the same about the liturgical celebration of Easter. Just that all of us are very clear about this. Easter. Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. Hallelujah. There are many attempts of non-believers to debunk this or to downplay this or even to deny it. No. Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. That is the rock foundation of our Catholic faith. Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. Alleluia. And as uh, Bishop Robert Barron said yesterday in his three-point homily on Easter, he started off point-blank quoting St. Paul saying that if, if, Christ, if Jesus Christ is not truly risen from the dead, then let's, let's we as priests, let's go and find, find a job. Let's, let's basically... Don't even come to church because our our Catholic religion has no meaning if Christ is not risen from the dead. St. Paul will go on to say we're the most pitiable of all creatures if Christ is not truly risen from the dead. But we know and we believe firmly that Jesus Christ truly, truly rose from the dead. That's the rock foundation. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, he was dead, thrown in the grave, and that's it. That's the end. 
as well as us, if we live and then we die, we're going to be thrown in the grave just to decompose and turn into ashes. That's it. So the rock foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ truly, truly rose from the dead. Jesus Christ is truly risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. He's truly risen from the dead. So, you're going to be meeting certain people in society, disgruntled, cynical, skeptical, even Catholics that that downplay this or diminish it. And we have to we have to be diametrically opposed to that. Christ truly rose from the dead. By doing that, he Christ raises up all of nature and human nature by his passion, death, and resurrection. So I cannot insist too much on on pounding away at this truth that Christ truly rose from the dead. And we say, Alleluia, which means praise be Yahweh. I remember hearing a a very uh, charming story by a Protestant pastor, Adrian Rogers, on the resurrection. And this was one of his stories he told on the reality of the resurrection. He said that there was a um, there was a English composition class where all the students there were maybe about twelve or thirteen. They were they were um, were told by the teacher to write a and a composition on three of the most important living people in the world and then to submit their composition. So the students worked on the composition and they submitted the composition to the teacher. And then One of them submitted a composition, and it was on, this was maybe maybe 20 years ago. One was on Michael Jordan. All of you know Michael Jordan was one of the greatest basketball players who played in the Chicago Cubs back in the uh, 90s, as well as the uh, beginning of the new millennium. They called him Air Jordan. And he was one of the greatest athletes that ever lived, I believe. Incredible finesse, coordination, just an incredible athlete. Then another another one of the children in the class wrote one be, because this, per, this person liked music. Michael Jackson liked the music of Michael Jackson, who died about 10 years ago. Another boy wrote an article on Jesus Christ. When the teacher got a hold of that essay written on Jesus Christ, the the teacher sharply reprimanded this child for having written an article on Jesus Christ. 
And she pointed to the boy and said, I told you to write an article on who you believe to be the most famous living person today. And the child, the child leaped up and he proclaimed, Jesus Christ is truly risen from the dead and lives forever. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. <laughs> wow. And the teacher was shocked. And what a beautiful public testimony that child gave to the rest of the students there. Jesus Christ is truly risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. That should be resonating in our minds, our hearts, and our souls today. Jesus Christ is truly risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. I love that story, don't you? <laughs> it's an Easter story. So, we cannot insist today too much on the importance of really focusing upon the reality Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. Alleluia. Now, during this week, my friends, this whole week is the Easter week. This whole week is Easter week. And these eight days that we're celebrating the Easter victory of Christ from the dead is a time of great joy, of immense joy. That's right, a time, a time of great joy, of, of immense joy. And we're also, my friends, in the Divine Mercy Novena. You see the Divine Mercy booklet here. Hmm. So we started the Divine Mercy Novena, my friends. We started on Good Friday. And what I'd like to do at the end of our conversation today is... We start on Good Friday, so Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're actually on the fourth day. So I'd like to apologize that I didn't do it the other days. It just skipped my mind. I would have, I, I would have liked to have done it all the days, but better late than not never. So at the end of our conversation today, we will pray. We'll pray the Divine Mercy Prayer for the fourth day. And you might have it uh, in your, you might have it in this little pamphlet, or you might have it in this little booklet, or in some other way, maybe in a little card. But try to, yeah, try to, um, when we come the next few days, I'll be praying it with you. My memory doesn't fail me. Careful, once you hit your 60s, your memory starts to fail at times. Let's pray. Remember, a lady bought her husband memory pills, but he always forgot to take those pills. <laughs> yeah, she should have been his memory, right? 
So all this week, we want to be praying, honoring Divine Mercy, because this Sunday is Divine Mercy Sunday. And how, how appropriate that is, how appropriate that is that the whole week we celebrate the Easter week, the resurrection, and the whole week. Then we culminate, we culminate by celebrating Divine Mercy Sunday. And you know, my friends, Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus, through St. Faustina Kowalska, see, we've got a picture of St. Faustina here. Jesus, through St. Faustina Kowalska, offered many promises. And one of the most beautiful promises that Jesus gave to St. Faustina Kowalska is the following. That those who go to confession during these days, and I've heard many interpretations, one of the uh, experts in Poland said during the time of Lent, or it could be during the Easter week this week, they make a good sacramental confession during these holy days of Lent and Easter. Then, next Sunday, which is Divine Mercy Sunday, next Sunday, which is Divine Mercy Sunday, which will be honoring in a very special way this beautiful image of Divine Mercy. Then, upon going to Mass... And upon going to Mass and receiving Holy Communion, then Jesus promised through St. Faustina Kowalska, promised through St. Faustina Kowalska, that your sins are not only forgiven, but the temporal punishment that we accrue because of our sins, the temporal punishment that we we have, that we have to we have to pay for, so to speak, that we have to repair, we have to purify in our souls, all of it is washed clean. Wow. All of that is washed clean, that's right. All that way. So, if you were to you, you were to die after that, not only would you be saved, but you wouldn't have to go to purgatory. You go right to heaven. Free pass. Go right to heaven. So, I invite all of you. I invite all of you. You all have some family members. You all have some family members that possibly have walked away from God, walked away from the church, and are living their own independent lives. You might 
talk to them about this privilege and encourage them to go to the church and find some priest and make a good sacramental confession in these next these next six days. So I encourage you to be try to become an apostle. All of you try to become an apostle of divine mercy. Like Saint Faustina who was a secretary of divine mercy. Try to be an apostle of divine mercy. I'm really working on trying to become a better, better apostle of Mary, of the spiritual exercise, but also I'm trying more and more as a priest to become an apostle of divine mercy. An apostle of divine mercy. And tell them of those privileges. You know, many of them maybe feel, well, I'm such a bad sinner. God can't forgive me this sin. My sin goes, goes beyond God's mercy. Really, that's the worst of all attitudes is not to trust in God's mercy. And as St. Paul says in the Romans, where sin abounds, the mercy of God abounds all the more. And Jesus will say to St. Faustina that the worst of sinners can become the greatest of saints. That's true. My friends, my friends, what, what was the difference what would be the difference between uh, St. Peter and Judas? What would be the difference between St. Peter and Judas? Simply this, that St. Peter denied our Lord three times. St. Peter denied our Lord three times. Which is very serious. And Jesus made that prophecy where Peter said, I'll be faithful to you. And Lord said, really Peter? Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And then Judas. Judas is carried. He went on to Judas Iscariot went on to betray our Lord for 30 pieces of silver. For 30 pieces of silver. They both committed egregious moral blunder, so to speak. They did. That hurt the heart of Christ. But there's a big difference. Judas gave in to despair and he hanged himself. Judas gave in to despair and he hanged himself. Whereas Simon Peter denied our Lord, but he begged for mercy and forgiveness. And he said, Lord, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. He reaffirmed his love for Christ three times. And that brings us, my friends, to the first reading.
I'd like to just give you a summary of the first reading, and it, it is, who do we encounter? We encounter the person of St. Peter. That's right. We encounter the person of St. Peter in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2 today. So, my friends, during the, ni- the next... These, these 50 days, just that you're aware of it, the eight days started from Easter until next Sunday. It's called the Octave of Easter, in which we celebrate, my friends, we celebrate Easter all this week. So when you, when you go to Mass today, if you can go to Mass today, you're going to notice that we have the trees, the priest blessed in white. There is the Paschal candle. There are flowers in the church. We sing the Alleluia. Also in, this, in the Mass, the, the priest with the people, we pray the Gloria this whole week. It's a really festive, joyful celebration that the church celebrates this week because Christ is truly risen from the dead. Hallelujah. So during the next, these 50 days, you're, go, you're going to be you're going to be going through you're going to be going through the Acts of the Apostles which I'm going to be giving that course in the month of May in three different parishes. The Acts of Apostles, I like the term as the the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. The Acts of Apostles are the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Holy Spirit. So, we encounter today Simon Peter, St. Peter. And what is the context of this? Because we're already into Acts chapter 2. And so, we, if you go through the Acts of the Apostles, it actually Acts chapter 1, we have the ascension of Jesus into heaven. Then, we have, and after that, we have the apostles that go to the, they go to the upper room. And with Mary and some other women, the apostles, they make their first novena. They make their first novena nine days and nine nights of prayer and fasting and silence with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Then you have Pentecost. Pentecost actually means 50. Pentecost, which is really the birthday of the church in which the apostles receive the Holy Spirit in in tongues of fire descending upon their heads with the presence of Mary. 
with the presence of Mary. And as St. Louis de Montfort goes on to point out, that Mary is the daughter of God the Father, Mary is the mother of God the Son, Mary is the mystical spouse of the Holy Spirit. Also, St. Louis de Montfort goes on to point out that those who love Mary, the Holy Spirit, flings himself into that soul. Kind of like you ever throw a frisbee. Holy Spirit flings. More than once that I play frisbee with people, you, you fling the frisbee. It cuts through the air. So those who love Mary, the Holy Spirit, flings himself into that soul. So here you have, my friends, here you have, my friends, the, we have Pentecost Day, and we have St. Peter getting up in the first reading today. And he, he stands up, he says he stands up with the eleven and raised the voice. So there you have the, the, you have the twelve apostles, you have Peter with the twelve apostles. Matthias has already been chosen to replace Judas. So St. Matthias was chosen as the replacement of Judas. So he gets up with the other 11. So you got the 12 of them get up. You see how united they are now. And he raises his voice. He raises his voice. And what we're going to see in St. Peter is he is going to proclaim. He's going to proclaim basically this message, the Paschal Mystery. He proclaims that Jesus Christ was put to death by unruly men. He was nailed to the cross. He suffered, died. He was buried. But St. Peter, with the other eleven, raises his voice and says, But Jesus Christ is truly risen from the dead. And he's going to be quoting, he's going to be quoting David in one of the Psalms of the Old Testament. So he's going to be proclaiming the Paschal Mystery. He's going to be proclaiming the Paschal Mystery. And basically he's going to be saying that spoke of the resurrection of Christ that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld nor did his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. God raised the Lord Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. Peter with the eleven. And has exalted him at the right hand of God. And he poured forth the poured forth the promise of the Holy Spirit that he received from the Father, as you both see and hear. So right there, you see, Peter is already preaching. Peter is already preaching, my friends. He's preaching the risen Christ, 
But he's preaching the Blessed Trinity. He says he poured forth the promise of the Holy Spirit, the third person, that he received from the Father, the first person. As you've both seen here, and he raised Jesus Christ. So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are engaged in the work of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, what one of the things that really strikes me in this message given by St. Peter is the real, the real transformation the real transformation of the person of Simon Peter. A few days earlier, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. That's right. A few days earlier, he denied that he even knew Jesus. Now Peter gets up and he gives a very, very powerful sermon. What really, what really strikes me about this powerful sermon of St. Peter is, don't forget, Peter was not educated like St. Paul. St. Paul was highly educated in the school of Gamaliel, who was about the best teacher in the world back then. Peter was a simple fisherman. Very simple fisherman. Where my friends, where where did Peter where did Peter get this eloquence? Because he's quoting the Psalm, he's waxing very eloquent, he's speaking with confidence. We see his leadership. We see his power. We see his conviction. We see his undaunted faith in Christ. We are very strongly moved, I'm very strongly moved, of the radical transformation of Peter, who just a few days earlier could not even say that Jesus was Lord. What, what, a, what a radical, radical transformation in this person. Fulton Sheen calls him the Simon Peter. Simon would be of the flesh. Peter would be renewed by the Spirit. So, as Simon Peter was transformed, so we are also transformed. And then in the Gospel, we, we encounter the risen Lord Jesus who appears to Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. And it's very interesting that Jesus is going to appear to a woman who lived who lived a, a sinful life. And Jesus had to cast out seven devils from Mary Magdalene. So we see these two people in the readings today St. Peter and Mary Magdalene, and we, they're two great saints, 
two great saints, but they also had checkered, or they had their fails and their fails. I'm sorry, their failures in the past. And Peter is going to be referring to David, who committed adultery and murder. So we're in the time of God's mercy. Let's never despair of God's mercy, but turn more fully to the Lord with all our hearts, believing that He is God is slow to anger. God is always slow to anger, but God is very, very rich in mercy. God is slow to anger, but God is very, very rich in His mercy. Give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His mercy endures forever. So, my friends, what I'd like to do with you, as I promised, I have the Divine Mercy Novena in this little booklet. I'd like to turn and I'd like to say the fourth day of the Novena with all of you. If you have it, if you have your pamphlet with you, you could pray it along with me. If not, you can just follow along. So each day, Jesus t- says to St. Faustina to bring a certain category of people, certain category of people to him. So the fourth day is, bring to me those who do not believe in God and those who do not yet know me. So basically, yeah, the non-believers. And there are a lot of them out there. For example, China, 1.1 billion people. They're, basically, it's atheists. So we're going to be praying for a lot of people that don't know God yet. Jesus says that I was thinking also of them during my bitter passion. And their future zeal comforted my heart, immersed them in the ocean of my mercy. So here's the prayer. Most compassionate Jesus, you are the light of the whole world. Receive into the abode of your most compassionate heart the souls of those who do not believe in God and of those who as yet do not know you. Let the rays of your grace enlighten them that they, too, together with us, may extol your wonderful mercy and do not let them escape from the abode which is your most compassionate heart. Eternal Father, turn your merciful gaze upon the souls of those who do not believe in you and those who as yet do not know you, but who are enclosed in the most compassionate heart of Jesus. Draw them to the light of the gospel. These souls do not know what great happiness it is to love you. Grant that they too may sow the generosity of your mercy for endless ages. Amen. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. So, my friends, we've had a wonderful conversation. Invite more people to be part of our Perseverance family. We'd like to impart to you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.